0: This episode is brought to you in part by the Geek Therapy Merch Store on Tee Public. Our store features exclusive designs, podcast merch, and some of our favorite designs from around TeePublic. Check it out by visiting geektherapy.com store. Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Network. We are the Geek Therapy Community Podcast. My name is Sosa Cardona, Joined by my co-hosts, Brandon Saxton. Hello, Lauren Keller. Hello. And Laura Taylor. Hey, Today we're going to talk about accessibility, but first, let's check in on the network. This week we have new episodes from Superhero Therapy on Captain Marvel, and an episode from Jedi Council on eating disorders and suicidal behavior. And as always, a huge thank you to our Patreon supporters, and of note, our producers, Ben, Booney, John, Kat, Mark, Reese, Jamila, and Lydia. Thank you, thank you, like... I, I hope this isn't becoming, I need to come up with like more creative ways to say thank you because I don't want it to seem like I'm just, like it's a habit that I'm saying thank you. Like I'm, I'm genuinely, genuinely thankful.
1: Get creative. Hussle. I'll try. The appreciation trumpet. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> we
0: appreciate
1: you. <laughs> you should take that clip Hussle, every
2: week.
0: <laughs> Maybe. No, we need something genuine at the moment as it happens. Many thank yous. <laughs> All right, so the topic of accessibility. If you pay attention to gaming news at all, you've probably heard that word thrown around a lot over the past two weeks. And I don't know, I, I wanted us to chime in on that too because it made me think about a lot of things. So in summary, what's going on now? Why are people talking about accessibility, Lauren?
1: Uh, so, it, what, last month, I think? Uh, From Software put out a new game called Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. And like all of the Dark Souls and Bloodborne games, uh, it's very difficult. It's a hard-ass game. And um, a lot of people are struggling to play it. And that, of course, goes into the conversation of games' difficulty and then very quickly slides into accessibility.
0: Why does that happen? Because I don't necessarily think that the two need to go together in the same conversation? What do they do? What do you think? Yeah,
1: I, I picture it as a Venn diagram in which there are two conversations. There's game difficulty as a conversation, and then there's game accessibility as a conversation. They do overlap. There are instances in which difficulty is an accessibility point. Um, Where some players, if a game is too hard, like there's there's no amount of practice or whatever they're going to be able to do to overcome it. And then they just can't play it. And that sucks. But there are also lots and lots and lots of accessibility features that have nothing to do with difficulty.
0: Yeah. And the quotes that I most appreciated throughout all this conversation is that when we're talking about accessibility and possibly difficulty, we're talking about choice, a choice to let certain people have an experience and some of those are very easy to comprehend like if you're colorblind some games have multiple colorblind modes mm-hmm. to help you actually see what's on the screen and discern the good guys from the bad guys <laughs> and and be able to read the hud like a company to an extent has a choice, right? Whether or not they want to put that in a game. I'm going to you know, ignore the fact that a small indie publisher doesn't have the money to put that into the game. At launch, it doesn't matter how badly they want to. But assuming that, that all resources are available, something like that makes sense. Something like remapping buttons can make it a lot easier for someone who has difficulty with a particular digit on their hands to be able to use a command that Then you know, and like make a choice about changing one command for another because that would be easier or or more comfortable. Mm -hmm. And there are many, many examples about that. But the idea that there are choices that are made, especially when we're talking about larger companies, choices that are made that don't allow or don't, um, yeah, that don't allow certain people to experience something uh, that's where the conversation gets interesting for me. Taking it outside of video games, something like subtitles you don't have to put subtitles on your YouTube video, for example. I believe there are laws that require closed captioning on uh, network television shows, uh, but like the internet is just, it's, there are no rules about that. And I remember Netflix for a while, there was a situation where a lot of new shows didn't have closed captioning at first. Now Netflix has gone like to the extreme. Netflix mm-hmm. has versions for the visually impaired. Like You can watch a Netflix mm-hmm. show if you're blind because it has a narrated audio version. They, they've gone above and beyond for their own shows anyway, although they don't require that for all shows. So I think this conversation can go in a million different ways. I have some ideas. I have some thoughts. And I'm just curious where everybody is on this, if there's been any interesting conversations or articles that you've seen, if this brought up anything to mind about experiences in your own life or something that you've had with clients, because... I think it, I think accessibility is a, is a super important topic and it's something that will come up in a lot of our work in the future. And I want to talk about it.
1: Well, I read an article on digitaltrends.com by Stephen Spawn. I believe that's how or spun Spawn. I'm not sure how you pronounce his name, but he is the Chief Operations officer um, for Able gamers. Uh, and is a a big advocate for people with disabilities, and um, he wrote this article about Sekiro and accessibility and really broke down a lot of the conversations that were going on around Sekiro and accessibility specifically. I think that's a really good read, and he does a really great job explaining the distinction between difficulty and accessibility, because for people, disabled people, we're not all starting at the same baseline. Not everybody has the same exact skill set going into a game. So playing a game like Sekiro that's already very challenging. If you have disabilities like, let's say, muscle fatigue in your hand, so you can't play... You can play video games, you can push all of the buttons, but you can't play for very long. You can only play, you know, for like half an hour before you start experiencing fatigue or pain. And if you try and sit down and play for a whole hour, it's like you need three hours to recover from that. That means the regular base difficulty of the game is way, 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 way harder because they can't sit down and sort of go through the same part over and over again until they get good Is they've already started experiencing fatigue. So, considering you know those kinds of needs of disabled people, where they're not starting at the same baseline as able-bodied people, is one of those things you really need to be cognizant of as a game designer.
0: Stephen in that article mentions the need for an equal mode. I don't know if you've ever seen this uh, chart or like a diagram. It's a drawing of equity versus equality, mm-hmm. where they show three people of different heights. I Googled a version earlier today that was uh, a fence, right? I was like, well, how can we we help these three people look over the fence? And equality would be to give everybody some sort of box to stand on top of where they could then see above the, the fence. And then you give everybody an equal size box and then they can all look over the fence
2: except for the short people
0: except for the shortest people who still can't see over the fence right and then equity would be to give each person a box big enough for them to see over the fence i don't know that that diagram has always been helpful for me to think about situations like this right where oh yeah like not everybody has the same needs not everybody is in the exact same situation and when we talk about games, I mean, sometimes you're not in the same situation day to day. Even though it's in gaming, I know Sekiro is the, is the reason why people are talking about this, because it is a, a supposedly difficult game. And a lot of people say, oh, well, from the, the company that made the game is, has done a lot of things to help with accessibility, but it, it still leaves a lot of people feeling like they can't play the games or they can't get through certain parts we had uh, a conversation that was almost the opposite of this on a episode of Headshots. Lauren and I talked about the game Celeste, which lets you not only change the speed at which you the, the game is played, but also different aspects so like you can basically be invincible, slow down the game, add infinite jumps. Like you could pretty much do anything <laughs> that you want to make the game easier for you, and the idea is that you would at different times have, or different people would need a different level of difficulty adjustment. And I remember one time I was streaming the game and I was so tired after an hour that I changed the settings again, because at that point I was not at the same place where I was like me physically and mentally. I wasn't at the same place when I started the game. So to be able to finish that level, I needed to adjust a little. No, I could have left, right, and taking a break and come back. But I wanted to finish in that moment, so I ended up adjusting the difficulty a little easier so I could actually complete it. And not every game has, or very few games, have those type of features. And I would argue that most things in life have, you know, don't have those type of features. But I think this conversation is interesting around video games because we can program in all of these different things. Like, the possibility exists in the way that maybe it doesn't in other parts of our lives? Or at least it's not as easy.
2: Yeah, there are a lot of games that I'm thinking of a lot of times we talk about accessibility and we're talking about physical disabilities. I think about things like I know our friend Cat over at here comes a thought has issues playing Destiny cuz she gets motion sickness as soon as she turns on the game. And I have a lot of issues with motion sickness too. And it's really simple sometimes to to fix the problem. Some games I can turn up the field of view, yeah, and turn off the motion blur and all of that. There are some games I can't do that and I get sick. I got so excited to play The Last of Us and I still haven't played much of that game because even with the motion blur off, I get so nauseous that I have to turn the game off and it's something that it's not like I can just pause it And walk away and come back. If I start to feel sick, the easiest way to deal with it is you have to stop playing immediately, walk away, and then come back later when you're feeling better. It can take a long time, like hours or days, to feel completely better. So... I can play for maybe two minutes sometimes, and then I don't get to a save point. So I'm literally playing the same part of game over and over again. until. And you have to acclimate yourself to each game separately. It's not a a catch-all for all games. Some games are easier to fix than others. Borderlands was easy for me to fix. Some parts of Destiny I get a little sick, but not too much.
0: That's a good example where some games even have the option, but it's not enough of an option, right?
2: Right. I can turn the field of view up, but sometimes it really isn't enough. And it's tough for developers. Well, developers with more money, I guess it would be a lot easier. Games are made for, say, PC where you're sitting close and they don't realize the difference when you're sitting far away with, at your TV or the reverse. They develop games for on a console and then port it to PC and it's not the same, and you need to be able to change the settings differently. On Borderlands, even, sometimes when I turn the head bob off, if I run, it still makes me sick. Not enough that I have to turn it off completely, even though I should. Different games have different settings. Some games have no settings. And I think that's the the kind of the theme with all different kinds of disabilities and accessibility issues.
0: Last year, I went to a neurologist to check out some things happening on my on my left side. And although they found I received no diagnosis, the neurologist said the your reaction time is slow for someone your age. And I remember I think I was playing with you, Lara. Maybe maybe I wasn't. It was I was playing with some people and I remember coming home that day and playing Destiny and thinking about how much I suck despite having played, I don't know, a thousand hours of Destiny. And,
2: and you're thinking you should be getting better, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I'm not saying that this is the reason or that my, like, I don't know how bad my reaction time is for someone my age, but just the idea that maybe, oh, like maybe maybe my reaction time is a lot slower. And if I'm playing PvP, which is when it, it really, uh, my suckiness really, <laughs> really shows, uh, is if I'm coming up against people who are way faster at reacting. So it's like if like I would die in a duel, right? <laughs> because like who can, who can, um, take their gun out and shoot faster. And it usually doesn't feel like it's me, but then i had never thought until that moment that maybe, maybe, maybe I, there was actually a, a problem that I could not necessarily overcome now again in pve it's not that big of a deal because in the case of pve and something like destiny where you don't die after one hit maybe a game like Sekado would be too hard for me if that is the case but the thought of it was just terrifying i've never come close to any other sort of, of disability anything else that i i felt like i was at some sort of disadvantage in a video game and the thought still like i'm very concerned that if this gets worse It'll, it'll mean that there are just certain types of games that I won't be able to play. And something like, I don't know, Sekido uh, I really want to play it so badly. And the reason is because I got really into Monster Hunter last year. And I brought up the idea of like Mastery Hunter, right? This idea that uh, I've played over 100 hours in that game and I feel that I've improved. I got way, way better at the game and my, my timing is really good. But every time I'm not fighting... Again, it's like it's not Twitch stuff, you know? It is it is giant monsters, it is tons and tons of hits, it is, you know, I can take a lot of damage. There's a lot going on, and there are many different places where I can improve. From what I know of Sekiro, if you can get hit two or three times, maybe, and then you die. That makes the situation a lot harder. <laughs> and you can't really level up like you could in some of the other Souls games, I think. That's part of the, the discussion. But like what? What can I do in that case? Uh, I don't know. Uh, recently, I was playing a Beat Saber, amazing game, and mm-hmm. I was recalibrating it to a new television, and it says something. I think I think it was Beat Saber, and it was it was like it had me test the the timing on the music, and really that is designed to test like the, the timing of the refresh of the television to the moment that you're seeing it. So then the game adjusts to how long it takes you to actually react to the notes as they're coming through. And Rock Band, Guitar Hero had similar things. But I've, I've been thinking that if my reaction time is actually slower, then that means that it should also be taking that into account, which means that the game is now calibrated to me instead of just calibrated to the TV and the setup that I have. So I thought that that was really interesting that what would it be like if other games took it to that level, right? Where it's like, okay, we're going to calibrate it to your reaction time, to your strength level, to your abilities, right? It's like, imagine a setup where it was, okay, uh, these are the top 10 commands that you need. There's this many buttons. Let's see how it would, maybe you can't hit all of the buttons on the controller, then maybe we can program some combinations and it like kind of walks you through the process and helps you choose the best way to play. And I've never played a game that takes it to that extreme. Now, PC gaming is something that is also really interesting in all this because something that doesn't exist in a, in a console game can exist in the PC space. A lot of mods exist to make games easier. I believe that there are already mods for Sekiro, I think. Is that correct?
1: I'm playing it on PS4, so.
0: Are you playing or are you watching?
1: Uh, mostly watching. I'm <laughs> very bad. <laughs> it's uh, an ongoing thing from Dark Souls. I I love the Dark Souls games and Bloodborne, but I don't I don't play them. I mostly watch.
0: Hmm. So on on PC, the modern community has come together in many instances to make a game easier, to add an easy mode, to just do a million different things. Sometimes it's just a cheat, right? But it's something that allows people who may need it to do that. And this isn't always about need either because hey, you just said you you tend to watch the Souls games, but that doesn't mean that if you actually put time into it that you wouldn't get good. I mean, yeah, that's kind of... Yeah,
1: I, I... Being, you know, able-bodied and, and generally neur- neurotypical, um, I, I could sit down and put hours into the game and actually get good at it. I mean, especially with Sekiro, a lot of it is just... Um, timing it's not necessarily that the the game is really really hard it's that it's really trying to teach you proper timing with each of the enemies but i also you know like like we were talking about before it's not necessarily just like physical disabilities it's it's lots of other aspects that that uh conflict there where it's like i could sit down and and you know "Quote unquote, get good at Sekiro, but it would require hours of my time, and and I would be you know bashing my head up against the wall for part of that. And not everybody has uh, the privilege to sit down and play video games for you know six hours a day or whatever.
0: And that's where the accessibility idea gets interesting. Yes, because yes. again, it's not just about disability; it's not just about what you're you're capable of. It's also about what you, what you want to do. Now, I love hearing people talk about their experiences playing Souls games and Sekiro and, you know, those moments when people are like, oh, like the storytelling is in the gameplay and you start figuring things out from the movements and then you do this thing and then it just there's no better feeling in the world. I get that from my time playing Monster Hunter. And I haven't seen many comparisons between Sekiro and Monster Hunter, but I have seen many comparisons between Monster Hunter and the Souls games. So I get that. I have those moments. Like after 100 hours playing Monster Hunter, I can do things in that game that every time I can pull it off, it just oh, it feels amazing. that, like in the, uh, in the episode 9 trailer when Ray is like dodging a TIE fighter. Like, mm-hmm. there are moments when I feel like that in the game. Like, that is incredible. It took a long time for me to get to that point. And I can't always pull it off. But every time it happens, it's like such a close call. It just feels amazing. And then the argument from uh, these, from, from, right, is that <laughs> that is their intention and that if they added us some sort of other difficulty, you wouldn't be able to experience that thing that they designed, Which is which is fine and which I think is when, like, the whole video game conversation gets kind of weird and doesn't get as as, as interesting uh, because then people just start arguing about purity and whatever other stupid uh, thing we get into.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's when it starts sort of conflating difficulty and accessibility as being interchangeable when they really aren't. Um, You know, From wants you to, like, really, really struggle so that when you finally succeed, it's this, like, big emotional moment where you're like really proud of yourself Uh, you're like relieved that you finally pulled it off and you feel really great and that is um, super motivating to keep playing the game and and basically being like I defeated that one boss and now I'm good to go slam my head against the wall for the next you know hour and a half against the new boss that I don't understand yet Um, but when you're looking at it from the accessibility side if you are a disabled player, or you have you know less ability to sit down and do the practice over and over and over again until you you know understand all of the patterns and memorize the move sets and everything, um, you're not going to get that when you win you feel great moment because you. You're not gonna win you're just gonna keep slamming your head against that wall and it and it feels terrible and it makes you feel like you can't do anything and it, it impacts your self-esteem and all of this stuff and having like celeste having accessibility features that change like the core of what the the game maker intended of it being in- incredibly difficult is like Disabled players already aren't experiencing the intended play experience.
0: Yeah. And, and and you can have that amazing experience on super easy mode with motion blur off, with the yeah. sound off, with colorblind mode on, and all of these other things that you may need to be able to get to that point. Right? Which is Yeah, uh, totally. Which, like then the, then it gets super like uh, again i forgot which article i read and someone said like you know no game has ever been ruined because of an easy mode i agree mm-hmm. <laughs> but then again now that's that's difficulty and accessibility and the idea that some people don't have access to something is again it's super interesting because it is it is a political notion right like some people ideologically they believe that you know they have an issue with this idea and as a teacher as a mental health professional i've seen what the lack of access can do. And I have, you know, I have a particular opinion about this. Equity, I think, is super important. I think it's super important for, for society so that anybody can feel that that isn't inaccessible to me, right? Like, I, I could do that if just, if someone was willing to give me the chance. And that, that isn't necessarily money-wise, right? Like, that's there's so many other things that can happen that can help people have access to something, so I'm actually really happy that this conversation comes up every now and then.
1: Every time a From game comes out. <laughs> every time a From game comes
0: out. <laughs> uh, I, I like it because in the periphery, right? Like if you talk about this long enough, you start having some really interesting conversations and when you start applying it to other areas. Brandon, you haven't said anything and you're making me feel uncomfortable. I'm sorry. I- Ooh, but you've bought, you've bought Dark Souls 1 like, several times, like, yeah. Tell me, yeah. tell me about what <laughs> you must have some opinion on this.
3: Oh uh, yeah, I mean, certainly, I think that's probably mostly, or at least primarily, driven by my enjoyment of the game and the fact that in the past, I mean, very literally, I've, I'm sure I've sunk three to four hundred hours into Dark Souls um, one, two, and three combined, at least, which isn't a tremendous amount, but it, it's an amount of time certainly to give me the baseline skill set to be able to just jump into the game even after taking a break. Uh, beyond that, just in terms of of not having access to games or games having features or characteristics that would prohibit me from engaging with them, it, it's not something I, I've experienced either directly myself or even indirectly through any of my clients, at least so far. So I've, I've, I have to admit, I've sort of just been being quiet and just kind of soaking this in and trying to at least take that perspective, and consider what that would be like for me, and and have to admit that that would that would certainly suck. Um, like you pointed out, I I've bought Dark Souls. I have multiple versions on multiple consoles, and it's a series that I enjoy quite a bit. And it, it's painful for me to think about if I wouldn't have had the the experience or the opportunity, I guess is a better word, to be able to engage with the series that actually is pretty meaningful to me, so.
1: I have a question for all of you. Um, are there any accessibility features that you guys use regularly? Like, for example, I always turn on subtitles um, for video games. That That is almost always, if uh, if you start the game and it lets you go to the options menu, I always check out the options first and I always mm-hmm. turn on subtitles.
3: That That's true for me too, yeah.
1: I always put my subtitles on immediately,
2: and I check motion blur, turn that off, mm-hmm. and then if there's a field of view option, especially first for, like, for first person shooters and stuff, I will put that as high as I can.
0: I tend to play without audio um, a lot.
2: so you put and them subtitles on
0: so I put the subtitles on, <laughs> but uh, th- there are a lot of games where I do play with the audio on. It, it doesn't really have to do with um, it mostly has to do with I want to listen to something else. Because Gotta
1: listen to those podcasts at two x speed.
0: Always mm-hmm. two point five. <laughs> <Jeez. And
2: laughs> unless you don't want to, unless you don't want to listen to those wizards in uh, Destiny.
0: <laughs> listen, I'll tell you what: playing Final Fantasy 7 at three x speed and listening to a two and a podcast at two point five speed is that,
2: that would mess up my brain. It's
0: life. It, it's it is the pinnacle of of living. You should all try oh. it. Uh, <laughs> but there are games where the the sounds make me too uncomfortable. They make me too anxious, mm-hmm. uh, particularly gunfire, like, like realistic sounding gunfire, but also other types of, of, of sounds can really mess with my game experience to the point where I start playing worse. So there are times when I've, I've been playing a game and I need to turn off the sound just so I can get through a particular section. So usually I'll just do that by taking my headphones off or muting the TV instead of turning it off in the game. But I have read about people who have similar experiences and what they do is they, there's certain things that they need to turn off or whether it be the music or the, or the sound effects and they adjust different, different parts, but subtitles definitely. And then when we're talking about, uh, Y axes. Oh yeah. It depends. (laughs) Right. I, I usually have to make some sort of modification, Especially in games where, like, you're on foot and then you're also flying in, in, in vehicles, and they have a different Y axis for every single vehicle, which I, <laughs> or, or and, and, and scenario, which I really, really appreciate. But there are some times when, if that axis is, is off, then, you know, I can't play. I remember in Star, Star Wars Battlefront 2, uh-huh. they completely changed the flight controls from. Battlefront One from the the new EA ones,
2: and you'd gotten used to Battlefront One.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I played too, and I couldn't do anything, and I ended up, yeah. I ended up doing like same. a, like a south paw, something like it was ridiculous. I ended up switching <laughs> the sticks, doing all sorts of crazy things until I was like, oh, now I can definitely play, and and now I can enjoy it. But before, I could, it just like my brain could not wrap around the way that the flight controls are set up by default. It was horrible. I, I don't think I'd. I think that's the most uncomfortable gaming experience I've ever had because nothing that I was trying to do in the game, nothing that was happening in the game matched with what my brain wanted it to do. And I couldn't figure out the controls.
2: Josue, I also remember you telling me once that you played Beat Saber, you set, changed the height settings so that you could play sitting down. Oh,
0: <laughs> so, so not only, yes. So in Beat Saber, I change. I've actually been messing with that even more. So I adjust the height settings so that I can see better Hmm. Um, Hmm. because the, because technically they're coming at you and there are some levels where the arrows disappear.
2: I hate those levels.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They're hard. They're really hard. So if they're behind each other, you can't, like you can't see them for long enough. So I, I have adjusted the height so that I'm above the boxes so I can, so my like field of view is longer. Right. I can see them for for more often. But yeah, I I have adjusted the... Because in my physical space, I cannot play standing up comfortably right now. So to be able to play sitting down, I had to adjust in a crazy way and made that work. (laughs) (laughs) You can also play one-handed a lot of the songs. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, It's very cool, actually.
1: Well, I wanted to add to this conversation by talking about the curb cut effect, um, which is uh, on sidewalks and crosswalks, that little dip that goes down to make it easy to Mm -hmm. (laughs) use the street, I guess. (laughs) Um, But uh, the the curb cut effect is basically making public spaces more accessible to people with disabilities actually ends up helping everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the case of cut curbs, if you think about, um, it's intended for people in wheelchairs, but it's also useful for people with strollers Or um, if you just had knee surgery and you're on one of those little knee scooter things. Or if you're uh, walking with a cane. Or if you have um, uh, an old dog with bad hips that doesn't handle going up and down stairs well. It's like this is having the cut curbs benefits all of these people, even though it was just intended for um, people in wheelchairs. uh, People who use wheelchairs. And so when we apply that, you know, back into video games, the same thing sort of occurs where it's like none of us are deaf or hard of hearing, but all of us, at least sometimes, use subtitles. And that can be because you're playing late at night and you don't want to wake up your housemates or you have a baby or... Um, You don't want your parents to know you're playing a game with a lot of swears in it or, you know, any number of reasons for for wanting um, subtitles instead of audio or in addition to audio. Um, And so having accessibility features ends up being beneficial to everybody, even if it's intended for very specific, uh, you know, counteracting very, very specific disabilities. It can end up helping lots of people that you didn't even really think about.
0: Yeah, not many streets have this, but I I don't know. I, I've never been to Japan, but I feel like uh, every Japanese thing I've seen with a crosswalk shows that there's a song that plays um, when the light changes for you to be able to cross the street. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I've seen that in some cities on some crosswalks, some intersections, but not every single one. And Some
2: cities even have it say what street to cross.
0: Hmm. Yep. Yeah.
1: <laughs> San that Francisco is, has a lot of that. Mhm.
0: Which man, I mean I'm the other day I was talking to Lara about how hard it is to live in Puerto Rico after having lived in New York City and in the Northeast generally. It does feel like there are a lot of things here that I don't have access to that I used to, right? Now we're we're not talking about like disability or I'm talking about generally having access to something. And man, that just like that sucks. <laughs> and it's a feeling that I think everybody can relate to in one way or another. Again, this conversation can lead to so many different things. Like, who thinks that it's a problem to have the ramps uh, on on sidewalks? But well, you said that's called a cut curb. Mm-hmm. Who's complaining about cut curbs? I'm sure somebody is.
1: I'm sure somebody I'm sure is. is. I'm sure when they were trying to implement them, people were like, "Well, this is pointless because you know it's." It's, it's only for people in wheelchairs, and like there's only like four of them anyway, so who cares? Exactly. <laughs> I have a friend
2: who lives in Maryland, and her neighbors are complaining because the city wants to put in sidewalks. Ugh. Yeah. Sidewalks <laughs> in front <laughs> of their houses. <laughs> Why can't we just walk in the street? It's going to take some of our property. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, because not everybody can just walk in the street. <laughs>
0: I mean, th- this conversation goes to things like going back to gaming, something like, okay, well, when a game first comes out, it's $60, but then after a while, it's cheaper. And then after a while, now we're going to have more things like Game Pass and and PS Now, where if you wait long enough, it can be part of a subscription. And then it's just like Netflix, right? Like a lot of people wait for something to come onto Netflix. Some people are just cheap, but some people can't afford it. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, that's a different way of doing things. And we see this, in so many different parts of our lives now, uh, especially facilitated by technology, where things are slightly different, maybe sometimes delayed, but more and more people have access to the same things, including super advanced technology. This is one of the reasons why uh, cell phones are prolific. It's because even though they're expensive, they're still considered a a uh, consumer-level commodity, right? And these these supercomputers are now at a point where most people have them right or have some version of them your $200 smartphone there's there really isn't that much different that it can, that that a $1200 smartphone can't do it's just it may be a little slower it may not look as sharp but it can still do a lot of the same things and i think a lot of bullshit in this gaming conversation because when you look at it in other parts of your lives you realize like oh yeah the cut curbs didn't bother. That like, didn't affect walking <laughs> on on sidewalks in in any negative way. It only helped people, and it made it easier for other people that maybe you know you didn't even realize that that was uh, possible benefit. And then in other areas of our lives, like things, despite the despite the economic disparity that there currently exists in the world, there are still some things, not everything, and especially not a lot of the important things. But there's still many things that are more accessible to more people in different ways, and I think it's a, an interesting conversation t- that's so focused on from games. <laughs> <laughs> like, thank you, Sekido for opening up uh, people's minds to, to this topic, something that maybe they, they don't think about often, and, and I hope it can, it can lead to, I don't know, better, better things overall, more equity across the board.
1: Mm-hmm. Hell, yeah, we want mm-hmm. that. Because games should be for everybody.
0: All right. Well, we talked a lot about uh, accessibility. (laughs) Um, Let's take a break and then come back with Media Matters. We've partnered with TeePublic to sell Geek Therapy merch. On our store, you'll find t-shirts, stickers, mugs, tote bags, cell phone cases, and a lot more. With exclusives like our Comic-Con is My Therapy and Media Matters designs. You'll also find merch for all of our podcasts, but some of our favorite designs from other designers on TeePublic. Visit GeekTherapy.com store to see everything we're offering. Designs will come and go, so let us know if there's anything you want that isn't there now. Suggestions and fan art are always welcome. Again, visit GeekTherapy.com store to get some GT merch. Alright, so when we're back. Time for media matters. Media matters. So this one, just anything goes regarding uh, media matters. Uh,
1: I have a media matters example, though it is not recent. Of <laughs> some of my favorite games, Silent Hill Two and Silent Hill Three have difficulty options for both combat and puzzles, and they are mm. separate difficulty sliders. Which I think is one of the coolest things to see in that kind of um, survival horror creepy narrative game where... um, For me, I do not gain pleasure from defeating extra hard bullet sponge monsters. Um, I want them to be easy and um, only scary because they surprised me, not because uh, I might actually die. But I want those puzzles to be so hard I tear out hair. I want the (laughs) toughest Mm. puzzles and the easiest monsters. And Silent Hill 2 and 3 let you do that, which is really cool. The later games abandoned that, which I was very disappointed about. And I haven't really seen that in any other games, which super bums me out. So I want that in all the games. Yeah, I've exactly. never understood why
0: they took it out. It
1: was, it was so good. I, I mean, part of it is because um, they changed so much with Silent Hill 4. And mm. also, it was intended to not be a Silent Hill game until kind of later on in development. And then they tagged it into a Silent Hill game. And then uh, after 4, they switched to. Um, american developers so a lot of stuff changed but yeah it's um one of those things that i wish would uh come up again in lots of games you know if they they have that sort of mix of puzzle solving and combat or platforming or what have you um having them have separate difficulty sliders uh, i think is an access an accessibility feature because um if you have uh let's say you have some some cognitive issues and you're not great at solving puzzles but you have no other problems playing games otherwise is you can set it to be hard difficulty for combat but you can put the puzzles on easy so you don't get frustrated when you're doing the puzzle parts and then you know like me vice versa is like i i don't want the gameplay part to be hard i I just i want the puzzles to be challenging and so I, i set it you know the opposite direction with hard puzzles and easy combat um I, I wish a lot more games would do stuff like that.
0: Lara, you played Bravely Default, correct? Some, yes. I think that is a game that has random encounters that you can turn on and off, but it's on a scale, so you can make them like one tenth as frequent or make them... I
2: think so. ...way
0: more frequent. Like,
2: I remember playing a game that I could turn off or lower the the random encounters.
0: Yeah, because some games I remember have,
2: appreciating that a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some games let you turn it off, but I thought that one was interesting where it, it let you, you know, choose a scale of how often you, you wanted that. And the Silent Hill example, that example, it's like... I mean, I don't know that it's actually that easy, right? But, I mean... Is it possible and, to put things on just a slider, right? Every single component of a game? I don't know.
1: I mean, in, in that case, it, it gets a little bit hairy because with the combat, you can just sort of mess with the numbers of like how much damage you do and how much health you have, um, which is a little bit easier on the, the back end, like programming side. But for, for puzzles, they literally created different puzzles for different difficulties. Mm, it's a yeah. little harder to just tweak it, so it's slightly easier. Yeah. Though they they do things where it's like um, in a lot of the Silent Hill games, you can turn you can toggle on and off. Um, what do they call it? I can't remember what they use in in the game, but it's basically items have a, a sparkle effect on them, so you can see them in dark rooms. And if you want the game to be more challenging, you can turn that sparkle effect off, so you actually have to go like really snooping to find stuff. Hmm. Um, but, but little things like that makes it, you know, just a little bit more challenging or just a little bit less challenging and giving people those options to sort of build the game to meet what, you know, what they want in that moment. If, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm in a great mood. I slept well. I just had a big breakfast. I'm ready to like go to hard town. I want it to be tough as possible. I want to like really struggle to get through this part. I want the boss to be as scary and difficult as possible. Or it's like, well, you know, I've got like half an hour before bed. I just want to play a little bit. It's like, it's just going to make everything just a smidge easier for myself.
2: I definitely appreciate games that let you change the difficulty while you play rather than Hell, sticking yeah. to it right at the beginning. Oh, Because yes. sometimes I'm like, um, uh, maybe I can try it on normal. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, after I've spent like half an hour and get to the first battle. And I'm like, no nope, need to go easy. So all those games with the adjustable difficulties, you're the best.
0: <laughs> this is where the accessibility and the difficulty, right? Like I think they overlap in a lot of what we're yes. we're talking about. Um, I think a great example of that is the is GTA 5 for sure. I don't remember if 4 did this. And actually, I'm not sure if Red Dead does this either, but uh, I, I know that GTA 5 for sure, if you fail a mission a certain number of times, it just gives you the option to skip it, like just skip ahead,
2: red, dead yeah. does it too, red
0: dead does it too, right, yeah, yeah, it's like too hard, too hard, too hard. mm, do I want to try again or no, no, I've had enough, I'm not doing this again, <laughs> I hate this level <laughs> mm-hmm. continue and then and then you continue the story and you see what would have happened if you did beat it
1: yeah they they have that in um one of the more recent Super Mario games. But they they had the thing where it's like if you failed a level like four or five times in a row, they'd just be like, hey, you want just, to just go through it real quick? Like, and we won't give you all of the stars, but we'll give you some stars just so you can keep going. It's like, that's really nice.
0: <laughs> I think that's the one that has the feature where it will also show you how to play the entire level.
1: Yeah, to- they show you the, the like correct path or whatever
0: well it just yeah it just shows you a path right it's like oh look luigi boom 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 he's doing this he's doing that doing, doing that if you want there to follow done. his lead you can do it uh or you can just skip it like yeah. that is multiple levels of just like helping you out a bit right mm-hmm. and uh, there's the new cyberpunk 2077 which hasn't come out yet uh, from the makers of witcher but they announced that you can't fail a mission i believe and I don't think it's the first game to do this type of thing, but I think narratively there's regardless of how well or bad you do in a mission, the story continues. So there isn't a fail point where then you need to start over. It's just part of the game, right? Like in that case, it's it's weird for a conversation about accessibility which would then mean like if you were for some reason unable to complete any of the missions, there would be a part of like part of the story that would be inaccessible to you. It's a gaming specific problem, but there was no point at which you would stop playing the game or be stuck. You would consistently go through and make progress, which I think is, is another way to tackle it. Like a narrative reason for why like, oh, you couldn't beat this thing, but you, you know, you kept going. There are ways.
3: It just takes a little, a little creativity, a little thoughtfulness and just maybe a little extra effort just to, to make sure everyone can engage and appreciate and participate in these things.
0: Yeah assuming that money isn't an obstacle mm-hmm. i think exactly what you said thoughtfulness and and some effort definitely like it it may be way harder than we than we think to implement mm-hmm. some of these things
1: definitely yeah. there's also instances in which um game making applications like unity or game maker um they have accessibility features built in so you just need to like know how to go and turn them on so it shows up in your game
0: mm-hmm. yeah but the thoughtfulness part <laughs>
1: Definitely needs thoughtfulness. Is to want mm-hmm.
0: to go mm-hmm. in and turn it on.
1: Yes. Consideration. Yeah. Empathy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Listening to accessibility advocates. All yes. of those are good. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I definitely
2: appreciate things like Rock Band or um, Guitar Hero, where you can go really crazy hard and play on your pro guitar, or there's can't fail mode where you can just have fun with the song and do yeah. what you want. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and having, in, in Rock Band, having, you know, one person playing on expert mode and everybody else playing on medium or easy is like, you it makes it more inclusive. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I think one of the Rock Band games, I think you can play, like, the harder mode, but still turn off the orange button. That's like... Ooh, that
1: hmm. would have been so good for me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. would be yeah. the best for
0: me. <laughs> yep, yeah, because I could do more with these four buttons, but... uh once he, once he brought the orange in, that was, that was it. That was well, that.
2: there was one game where they decided, I think it was three, where they all of a sudden, even hard, had orange, which mm. expert was, the, or maybe medium, whichever one yeah, didn't have medium. orange, all of a sudden oranges were popping up. I'm like, no, no, I'm not no. ready. It <laughs> depended on the song. Yeah, it depended. If the song was yeah. hard enough,
0: they could add that, yeah. Hmm.
2: <laughs> not fair. I was not prepared for this. <laughs>
0: Brandon, did you bring an example?
3: Yeah. So the I think the one really nice, meaningful piece of media that I, I consumed in the last week was Shazam. And I thought that it had some really nice messaging about, I mean, some depictions of loss that were really important and grief, and also just some really interesting and I think meaningful messaging about family and, and making connections maybe with people who aren't biological or blood relatives but still having that bond and having those support systems um that in a way that i mean just to me not having experienced those things really seemed like a pretty cool and, and meaningful example that i'm i'm hoping and and i'm guessing that probably a lot of people could relate to or or found some found some meaning in
0: so i thought that was good in our in our uh, spoiler bonus episode, Lara said that everybody in her group home should should watch this movie.
2: I think I actually said every client I've ever worked with. Sure.
0: <laughs> Did you say every child who has ever been in the foster care system? That too. Watch it? Mm-hmm. Did you say every human in the world? <laughs> every <laughs> human
2: in the world should yeah. watch Shazam. No, really.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good, that's a good choice, Brandon. Mm-hmm. There's yeah, lots of great. stuff there to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Lara
2: playing Borderlands two with you. What? And yeah, yeah, that's the media I've consumed this week. Um, And it, it kind of has a little bit to do with accessibility and the fact that I remember playing the scene uh, with Claptrap and he's like, let's go defeat the final guy. Uh, it's been years. So let's go defeat Handsome Jack and lead the way I'm going. And then he can't go up the stairs. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Because, <laughs> because he's got a wheel and he's like, no, my one weakness. <laughs> um, and I hate
0: how relevant this that is. Yeah, this no, it <laughs> really is. And
2: that, when, I, when I played that part, I was thinking about, oh, we're going to talk about accessibility soon. But <laughs> I mean, and Borderlands has been my my accessibility thing. I, I had to get over a lot of things to be able to play it. Um, and th- there's other things in there, too, that are great in general, not just with accessibility, but um, you and I started playing the uh, Tiny Tina DLC, and that seems to be relevant. We haven't finished it. Well, you have, but I haven't. And uh, uh, relevant to loss and and dealing with loss in a a positive way. Absolutely, yeah. Semi-positive way. I mean, there's lots of explosions and... (laughs) (laughs) and, and <laughs> murder <laughs> yeah. but um i'm having a good time with that
0: yeah but i mean basically she starts like Tanitina tina starts a D campaign and she hmm. molds it in a way that helps her deal with the loss of a friend mm-hmm. and it and, is and
2: we we it is yeah. hilarious and and so far kind of heartwarming
0: and heartbreaking also heartbreaking mm. at
2: first yeah, yeah.
0: We need to talk more about that in the future because I've never seen game touch that topic before. Mm-hmm. Like it's funny because uh, like I know Adam and Adam from Game to Grow now, and I know that they do therapeutic RPGs and they do this this type of thing. But the first time I ever even considered the idea was from the Tiny Tina DLC in Borderlands Two. Mm.
2: She's the best character in general, so <laughs> I'd love to see more. I we need to we need to finish playing that. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, we do. Definitely talk more.
0: Yes, yes. And then uh, I, I brought one example, uh, not gaming related. It was from a TV show, Fresh Off the Boat, where, hmm. oh, I love this show so much. So mm-hmm. they're in the 90s right now, right? And there's an episode where two of the brothers are trying to understand each other and they just can't connect. And one of them really likes music, the older brother, Eddie. And then Evan, the, the youngest brother, he turns on MTV He doesn't like MTV. He's a big nerd. Like, he doesn't watch MTV. So then he's watching MTV and he sees the video for TLC's Waterfalls. And he's watching it and then he, like, completely gets absorbed in the song and in the lyrics. So then he goes to his brother and says, Eddie, Eddie, I I finally understand you. I listened to a song and it touched me. It meant so much to me. The song, it's about, like, not taking on more than you can handle and like being comfortable (laughs) with who you are. And then he's like, it like, it meant so much to him. And then Eddie just looks at him and says, actually, the song's about HIV. What I, what I love about that, that episode, that, that scene is that, you know, we've been talking about this over the years. Sometimes you consume a piece of media and you don't know how it's going to touch you or how you relate to it. And it really doesn't matter what the artist's intention was or what other people around you interpreted. It's that you were able to move forward or learn something about yourself or have some sort of moment through this content that you, that you really enjoyed. It was very like one of those meta geek therapy moments that I, that I really, really, really appreciated. (laughs) Plus the brothers got to, and got along. It helped their relationship a lot. It was very good. All right. And so before we go, let's do a geek therapy segment where we talk about something that was therapeutic in the most general sense. It either made us feel really good last week or helped us get through a tough time. Brandon, what you got?
3: Um, mine is almost in line with our past conversation about self-care, where I bought myself something, and I'm hesitant to use that as key therapy <laughs> after how much I I just vehemently said that and shouldn't count as self-care, but here I am. Um, I, uh, With my impending dissertation defense and graduation in the next couple of weeks, I bought myself a little graduation present this past week in the form of a 3D printer, which is kind of cool and something Woo! I've always puzzled about and like wanted to dabble in. I don't have any background in it. I've not used it, so I'm going to be just learning on the fly, but I'm excited to print off like some d d minis and stuff like that. I, I like the miniatures and I like painting them, so it would be cool to be able to print some, make my own, and have something kind of neat, I guess. It, it made me feel good. I'm looking forward to
0: it. That is so cool. What model did you buy?
3: I got an Ender 3, which is a, a, a lower uh price model. I think my understanding of it is that it requires a little bit of fine tuning to get it running kind of well and a little yeah. bit of effort to really kind of get to know it. But if you <laughs> if you're patient and, and put in the effort and maybe 3D print a couple of upgrades, my understanding is you can <laughs> you can end up uh printing off some pretty cool stuff with it.
0: Me and my girlfriend bought a CNC machine that was like that. It was like, oh, you know, put it together yourself and then fine tune it and get it just mm-hmm. right. Yep. Took us like two years, but it was oh, worth yeah. it. <laughs> Absolutely. That, that will be my experience, I'm guessing. I'd love to come over and help you out with that. Bring my tools over. Yes, please. Oh, Lauren.
1: Uh, my geek therapy this week has been Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. Season 8, episode 1. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the, the GT discord and, uh, my, my local group of friends, have a group chat and in both, uh, the discord and my group chat, we're sharing tons of game of thrones memes. They're very funny. Um, it's just been really great. It's been, you know, two years since I've had people willing to gush about game of thrones with me. (laughs) So baby, I'm back. Woo. Dragons.
0: Lara?
2: Not to talk about Borderlands 2 again, but I've been trying to beat that game for six years now. And I finally beat it. Woo. Thanks to Hose
0: <laughs> helping me out. And my super OP character.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Granted, you did not just blow up the boss for me. I not? had to I had to shoot it, but you gave me some turrets and things and that was wonderful. Yep. Um but it felt really good to finally move on and now I'm going to get to finish all the other games hopefully uh, before Borderlands 3 comes out. Um and then a quick thing my friend uh, I went to my friend's wedding this past weekend and instead of a first dance they had a first board game as a married oh. couple. Oh. And what? so they they got they got eight copies of Tiny Towns donated So that they could have the entire wedding. So there were only like 40 people, 50 people at this wedding. We all played the game together. Um, And the winner at each table got to bring a copy of the game home. And Nina won. So, yay, yay, we got a copy of Tiny Towns. And it was the coolest thing ever. I thought it was so cute to have first board game as a married couple.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I've never heard of something like that.
1: I love that.
2: Yeah, the instructions they have look like state, like actual legit copies of the instructions. But it says that, like, it'll say Barry will call out a a, a card, and then you place a thing, and it's oh, it was so it was customized and, and beautiful. I loved it so much.
0: <laughs> oh man, love it! Uh, my geek therapy this week was definitely the DC Universe app. I talked before about how they were going to add. 20,000 comics or something like that to the service. They're adding 10,000 this week. Oh, it's like it's like I'm back home. Guys, it's like mm-hmm. I'm I'm finally I I picked up at the end of the New 52 era stuff, like pre-rebirth and now I'm I just finished Rebirth 1 to just like really get into it. I am I'm so happy. You guys have no idea. Oh.
2: I'm excited. Have you been reading Wonder Woman and Detective Comics?
0: Uh, of course, of course. Yes. I mean, I'd been, I'd read some of uh, Detective Comics, so I, I have those already, and yeah. maybe one or two. I think I have a lot of the number ones, but I'm just gonna go. Like now, I there's nothing Do stopping it. me. Do yeah. it. The the ridiculous cost of reading every Rebirth <laughs> series uh, is no longer a barrier. So. I may, be, I may be a couple years late, but I'm I'm here, and I'm very You're happy. You're
2: going to catch up. You're going to catch up. That's the point.
0: Yep. Oh, so happy. So happy. All right. So that does it for this episode of GT Radio. Uh, for more information uh, about Geek Therapy, remember to go to geektherapy.com, all of our social spaces, our Discord, our Facebook group, and the forum. You can find links to those in the show notes. Remember, we want to do a full question queue episode. So ask us anything and we'll put it all into one episode in a couple weeks so you can write to us at geektherapy.com slash qq and the best place to find us is on twitter at geek i'm at cardona Lara is at geek therapist brandon is at brandon underscore saxton and lauren is at chicken dinosaur thank you so much for listening remember to geek out and do good and we will be back next week you've just listened to gt radio on the geek therapy network for more about the network, visit network.geektherapy.com. And for additional content, including the GT Book Club and discounts on our merch store, consider joining Geek Therapy on Patreon for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com geektherapy.